0: You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman. As always, I'm the host of this wonderful show. i me on the other line for our weekly show because once again, it is Monday morning of another week, Mr. Tony East. And Tony, I think we're going to start this podcast, obviously, talking about the biggest news in the basketball world, and that was the uh, passing of Kobe Bean Bryant. Um, I know you had a couple of things you wanted to say. I just wanted to say real quick, um, if you want a kind of more local take, you guys could listen to Locked On Lakers. Yes. A couple other um, – is it what's it called? Uh, what's the podcast with Hollinger? Projecting the Screen. Go check that podcast. Both of them have done kind of tributes to them. Um, certainly Tony and I are not like super experts on the Lakers, but certainly we both watch a lot of Kobe over lifetime i'm sure many of you guys have too um i just want to say first thing is that for me kobe was probably the um defining player of when i first got in the nba right so i was probably first got in the nba probably 203 range and kind of growing up as a fan he was the best player from that range from that time in 2010 basically he was the best player in the league maybe at times you could say other guys were the quote-unquote best player duncan or lebron but kobe was definitely the most dominant most dominating personality player in um it's just like I remember when he retired. I thought it kind of was the end of an era for me and in, in the NBA. And it's just like really, really awful to see. It's been a rough day.
1: It's terrible. Uh, he was, of course, like you said, an incredible, iconic player. You know, I mean, there's there's a reason we yell out that guy's name when we throw oh, stuff yeah. into the trash. Every can. time, every
0: time, I still do it. I've done it plenty of times. I did it probably in the last couple of days when I was.
1: I'll probably do it, it until out. I'm dying myself. I mean, it. It, you know, he was such an icon for the NBA, and he was on the only team that the Pacers played in the finals. Uh, if you have League Pass, you can see on League Pass Historic, they have game six of Pacers-Lakers on there. Uh, Nick gangstat was kind enough to, to share some some moments from that game on Twitter today. I saw um, right before halftime of game six, you know, the the Lakers clinching the series. Uh, the Pacers are actually up six, uh, halftime's right around the corner. Uh, the announcer says something like, hey, it'd be huge for the Lakers if uh, – they could get some points here before halftime and gain some momentum. And before the sentence is even fully out of his mouth, Kobe just swishes a three right in the Pacers' face. That was just the kind of guy he was—clutch shots in huge moments uh, against any team, including the Pacers. And um, he was just an incredible player.
0: Yeah, I mean, he—he he killed the Pacers that entire series uh, in two thousand. Um, I mean, I think the thing that I remember about Kobe is that every team, every team that played against him, every fan base, like was in awe of what he could do but also almost hated him in like this way you hate other sports teams right you were just like you just didn't you, you just he's killed teams he he beat any almost every team he had a signature moment against but I mean at the end of the day when this all happened when he retired too, and you still remember those as kind of in a fond light even if it did beat your team like the pace of 2000 it's just it's horrible to see a guy go this young I mean I, I'm horrible you know, when uh Marina told me the news I just went no I man that's the first thing I said I mean you just you don't expect it to happen at 41 years old, this to happen to him. So it's, it's awesome. Yeah.
1: I hope uh, all the best for the surviving members of the
0: Bryant family too. That yeah. Just has to be awful for them. Um, so we're going to try to kind of transition now to our normal podcast. Cause um, at the end of the day, sometimes, you know, things like this sports are kind of an escape to get away from um, kind of terrible events, tragedies and, and, and whatnot. This is um, the intersection of tragedy and sports. And it's hard to use sports as a distraction when that is the
1: instance, but we will do our best.
0: Yes. So I guess, like we said earlier, if you want to, I'm sure there's plenty of Kobe content out there on all kinds of websites. You can read about them, you know, all the different podcasts. I'm sure there's plenty of stuff, um, but we're going to do kind of a pacer podcast. Cause that's what we are here to do. That's what you guys expect when you come to listen to us. So um, we're probably gonna just take a quick, you know, five, 10 second transition and then we'll get to the, get to the podcast. All right, Tony. So the Pacers had uh I would say a pretty good week. Uh, you know, we, we were just – we were going to podcast after the Treblers game, so that was probably their worst game of the week because it was the only time it wasn't a scheduled loss. But uh, between McDermott, Sabonis, and, I mean, I don't know, it just felt like – and just a nice signature week for the Pacers to get kind of rolling as they uh, head towards the last game of that Depot. I uh I feel good that I
1: – you know, I, I was laughing before the Jazz game in my head because I thought, okay, either the Pacers win and Adam's going to look like the genius for being the guy who's like, oh, they always beat the Jazz. Or the Jazz are going to win, and I'm going to look like the genius for being like, oh, this is a scheduled loss. And, of course, you agreed with all that scheduled stuff, too. But, yeah, that game, that was unfair. That was just not fair. No, I mean, that was just <laughs> and the like... other three games, when the Pacers had their legs under them and could think and plan, uh, they played pretty well. I mean, the Damian Lillard obviously caused them to not win one of those games when they uh, had a plan, but they also were banged up for that game. But, I mean, they looked great in, in Phoenix, and – now, they had some defensive lapses in Golden State, but their offense really carried them. I mean, they they overall had a, a real, if you include the Denver game, which we talked about last week, but overall, I mean, it's hard to not consider three and two on this road triple win.
0: Yeah, I, I think going into the, especially the, because of the caliber of teams they played, right? Um, I guess really it's only two playoff teams left, right? I mean, if the 5 made Portland will be one, but I, I think going three and two is what you expected, right? You especially to get the two wins against the Suns and uh, Golden State. And then if they've got one of the other three, two of the other three it was going to be kind of. Ravy on top especially it's hard to go into the West coast approach especially when you're down a guy when broadening went down on Wednesday and then down Turner tonight I mean it's just it's not it's not easy for sure so I think this comes out as a win especially now they're what 30 and 17 uh, probably a better than either by either you either you or I guessed before Still the second. five
1: seed after going three and two is big time.
0: Yeah. Would I'm um, before Vic returned, would you have guessed they were, what are they? What's their win percentage? Like in the high fives, right?
1: High fifties, low. I can't remember high fifties, low sixties. Yeah. I would not have pinned them at this. No, remember what we said. We said their goal without Vic should be to go 500, 500. Uh, we said their goal right now that they should be what? 24 and 23. Like they, they blew that out of the water.
0: Yeah. Um, we're gonna do a whole second segment on Vic and some wards, and I have an interesting question for him and I ask you during that segment, but Ooh. um yeah, I mean the, So who do we talk about first here? Sabonis yeah. or McDermott,
1: you know, Sabonis I, tail end triple doubles, McDermott's insane shooting. There's a lot of starting points for how they did so
0: well. Well, we should say this too. Um, the all-star reserves are picked on Thursday, so I think we yes. start with Sabonis. Um, obviously I assume he's gonna be one. If he's not one, I would man,
1: I think- it's it's kind I talked about it Friday. I think he should be one, of course. Trey getting in with the r-
0: wrench in it, though, right? Trey. Yeah, gets-
1: Trey Young hurts his case, right? Because coaches like to vote for winners. And now they have,
0: you know, more well, winners I, to pick from. Yeah, I just mean, I'm not sure Trey was an all-star until he made it as one of the five, right? Oh, I, do. I do. I mean, I think he probably was. But, like, there might have been a yeah, – I guess maybe probably hurts Brogdon's case even more. Well. I think Brogdon kind of missed the boat with all the injuries by now. But um, Yeah, Brogdon's out. Yeah, but I think that Trey went hurts because it puts – him on the board I think before he was probably the 10 or 11 guy, and now he's probably 11, 12 guy, which is sure, sure, who knows, right? I agree. It's going to be close. Do all the selfless guys get in? Do both, both the uh, yeah, right? The Tatum's
1: right there with them, and yeah, Brown maybe two. Yeah. Milton, uh, that
0: was another one I thought of when I was talking by myself, I can't remember, but yeah, Perfect. it's close. It's tough, but Let's I see. think he making a case, right? He had two triple doubles this week, obviously, he had the one tonight against um, <laughs> Portland with a 27-14 yes, in and the twenty-seven. yes, tail end of the trip. He was fantastic, man. And then did he have a triple double with against Denver. Denver? Denver? right? That was a lot of one. So both started out this week, but both in this trip. Um yeah, I mean he's he, he looks you know he's starting. Should we I, shout
1: out Chris Carey for correcting our triple double stat
0: by reminding us that Vic had the one in the playoffs? He, I mean well, okay, we're talking
1: regular season, but still, I appreciate that.
0: So here, here, here's our defense. One, I when you said the, the triple double thing, I'm like, there's, Vic definitely had one. I couldn't. You did say that. It. Two, it was 11:30 at night, and I was really freaking <laughs> tired by the time out of that point. So like, I wasn't in the mood to be like, okay, I'm gonna search to this. But like, I I I knew Vic had got double. I just couldn't remember what it was, and that's why right, it was that playoff game when they destroyed the Cavs in that last you know yeah everybody had like ungodly amount of points
1: so first four games of the road trip Sabonis averaged 18 11.5 and 6 per game and then against and then against Portland he had 27 14 and 11 which brings up all three of those (laughs) so he probably ended up close to like 20 12 and a half and eight on this road like he was just ridiculous and some of that was, you know, Turner being out really helped him uh, be more involved in, in this game. He played almost the entire second half um, against the Blazers, but like he just tore apart the Suns. Had no answers for him, and the Warriors were trying to send a little more at him. And he was dishing out some passes that game. Like he just looked so good.
0: Have Have you seen Sabonis' January stat line yet? Uh, no. Eight. 18.8, 11.5, with 62% from the field yeah, on 12 shots, 12 and a half shots. I mean, that's. Well, the, the
1: other guy, when we do McDermott next, we'll do uh, his shooting splits, also freaking wild.
0: But uh, it feels like he's. Um, this was the kind of the week where you'd be like, you know, we, j- we joked before, right? With, with Lillard. He always has that, that one, you know, all of a sudden by like late January, February, he goes on like the six week run. And like, usually it's just right after the all-star teams are picked. It's kind of as like a big F you they never not picking him most of the time. <laughs> but this, this, this might be some bonus kind of like, Hey, I should be an all-star making my last case with a week to go kind of thing.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. He, yeah, he's just been on a ridiculous tear. Yeah. Like your January stat. That's good. I mean, even if you go back, you had 23 in the, or excuse me, he had 15 in the game right before New Year's. Like you can get quite the stats. If you use that for infl- 15 and 16 game, you could use that for some inflation there too. But yeah, he's just been ridiculous. And, The passing is crazy because I think teams are – so some of this to me is – I took some screenshots against Denver specifically, but like teams are kind of adjusting to the pacers a little more where they're sending a little more help into the lane when Sabonis is rolling to try to – you know, it's called tagging the roller um, to try to shut down these pick and rolls a little more. And he's been great at like finding the shooter or to being patient to get the ball to the next guy. Uh, without turning it over or forcing up some crappy shots. Yeah, shot. still a little high in turnovers, just a little, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, and that's going to happen when teams are just throwing everybody that's at true. you. That's true. That's For true. a big man to
0: be able to be that patient and smart is very impressive. well. Well, that's. I think that's what makes him kind of – that's what makes him lose the with when the turns kind of lethal, right, is if you throw the double team at one of those two guys, then you have Sabonis four and three, and he's going to find a way to get a, either a bucket – because he's going to have one-on-one, or he's going to find a guy in the corner, right? But then, so then if they flip that and double-team him on the roll, then you've got one-on-ones for all these great offensive players on the outside. I mean, it's what sort of becomes the linchpin of this team's offense, right? Right.
1: Yeah, it's. it's it, I don't know how you contain it as another team. Like, no big man
0: can keep up with his speed passing combo, just none. No, I mean... I what well, I keep, keep want to do, it, but like maybe Vic, Gobert. Gobert had an insane. When when problem. Vic returns again, this is something that like wasn't there last year when he was. Yeah. there. I mean, Sabonis was getting there. Sabonis had been making kind of strides toward this. Yeah, can you can you imagine this
1: passing level of Sabonis during Vic's double team series against the Cavs? I know.
0: I mean, what well, we talked about it. that was sort of the end, though, to sur- when they went down two one, right? That was kind of the thing that helped them survive. Well, they well, yeah, when they survived that game six, basically was this month game. Also, this great passer, and it kind of became the counter to that for a little bit. They obviously figured it out still because they had LeBron James that series, but. Yeah. Yeah. It, it he he's been ridiculous. Can I can I ask you the question you don't want to answer? That's gonna be the worst question you hear probably this whole podcast. Oh god, yes. Did the Pacers now if we us the All-Star game, did we can we say they won the trade? Two all stars for one. <sighs> fine, sure. I think we they did. And, I think I'd be I think honestly they did, right? I mean that's yeah, yeah.
1: Well, right especially if they can lock up Vic for more years, right? To get like, like to get it like seven plus years of All Star play from two different guys.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I think the, the what you could say too is think about it. The the Thunder are in rebuild mode, and granted they have Chris Paul and Shea, but like I almost would rather have in a three. thousand picks. <laughs> yeah, but would you all? But like you probably would you rather have Sabonis and Odipo as your core? Because I don't. I'm, I might take that. I mean, that's. Two all star level players. I'm sure they'd love it. Young. I
1: know they definitely love to have Savonis. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't know if your rebuild level wants Vic, but I mean, he's clearly very good.
0: No, but you're not, you have to rebuild, right? If, if they just didn't yeah, yeah, rate, they get rid of Russell, maybe that's the whatever. But it's a lot of, and I'm just saying. I, I, I don't know what ifs. Yes, it's fun to speculate. Yeah, I just they did. Yeah, he, if they get
1: two all stars, I mean, that's crazy. What are, what did I mean? I thought this trade was. I gave him like a B minus or a C plus, right? Like two young guys is clearly good, but I was like, these two I mean, really no I mean, I, I I'm an idiot. Tweet,
0: I think the tweet when they eventually retire Vicks number someday as made the Indiana Pacers forever, let's say, will be the <laughs> the thing that the Oklahoma City Police tweet that was yeah. like like you know, theft you know, legal or whatever. Yeah, yeah, something about don't worry, we we're investigating the theft by the Oklahoma City Thunder of the Indiana Pacers, and it's like, well, you know what, good 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 luck being in. The the mediocrity while the Pacers are trying to fight for a top three seed for you. (laughs) Yeah, they didn't even win a
1: series with that team. Uh, Speaking of former Thunder players, Doug McDermott also had. Oh yeah,
0: he's been on a lot of teams though. That's (laughs) their (laughs) fault. He
1: he has, yeah. uh, So he finished, I believe, twenty-two for thirty-three from deep in these five games. Get that man! That's in the three-point contest. I really want him in the three-point contest. I don't know if I will get it or not. I don't know how they decide who does it. But like, if they're they're inviting Luca, who's like in the thirties, right? It's clearly not. Merit based, but well, some of it is you want some names, right? You need some,
0: yeah, names. of course. Uh, but Doug's been just scorching this but, year, he but you would think without Clay and Steph, there's a lot of room now for guys to step up.
1: That's true, yeah. I mean, how, is he, how many guys are over 45.6 percent? And that was before he was six for eight against Portland, so he's even he's higher than that now. He might be at 46 percent.
0: What is the, what actually is the three point field goal percentage like leader? He now. might be yeah, he might be close to the league leader, right? Yeah, let me look it up real fast. You, you <laughs> keep going,
1: yes, I can. Um, I mean, that kind of stuff, you know we always talk about how good the Pacers bench is uh, that that's kind of why, right? Like they just, they show up against, first of all, against Denver, right? They barely squeak out a win because McDermott is just on fire. And then against Portland, they lose, but like they, Dame had 50 and C, Dame and CJ had 42 points from deep. Like they should have gotten killed in that game. McDermott keeps him in and golden state and Phoenix. They didn't need him to be shooting. And he was doing all sorts
0: of other good stuff uh, to answer your question, Adam. He is third. Um, okay, I was going to say he's third, but I believe the guys have had him have much less attempts, right? Well, so Redick has more attempts. No,
1: Reddick has more, but George Shell has less.
0: Yeah, George has less. So he's he's for the attempts for for percentage is pretty high, right? He I mean four a- guys
1: above above 45%, he is one of them. Yeah. Um but yeah, they, he was just so important near literally every game just supplying that space and keeping that bench unit moving and then as some injuries evolved, you know, with Brogdon, then they had to change lineups a little bit. He even played a little more with starters, and, you know, that obviously is very helpful. Uh, he, he was fantastic.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's been – I mean, I think he's been the biggest revelation from this team all season. I mean, I, I don't know we can talk about. He's been their best bench player, but I think he's been the most consistent so far this year.
1: Yeah, yeah, he doesn't – hasn't felt like he's had the ups and – like, you know, we called him Road McDermott last year. Like, he yeah. hasn't had that kind of ups and downs this year. No,
0: the- I mean, he, I I don't know if it's just simply that he just – I I don't know what it is. I mean, it maybe just shooting better is simply the end over everything. But like last year I felt like he was okay, but was just kind of an average player, provided enough spacing to worth playing. But like, you know, You're not that, a fan of his. No, he made seven million dollars. Could you get a better player through a little a little more versatility from Right. That. This year though, it's like, oh, he's a bargain. I mean, he's a I mean Yeah.
1: There's a, remember this summer when David offered that first round pick in the locked on mock draft and I said, See, not not to you, but like in general, like people, yep. like, look, like other teams want McDermott because thing valuable, him thing. Always, and now he's doing it and showing like why other teams
0: would want to be. But my thing always was about it is that he's better from afar than he is up close. Like when you yeah. when you see him, like it's kind of like, oh man, you know when you know the one time McDermott maybe goes five or seven against the Jazz, they they want him right. They don't actually watch him day in day out and see him go right. one of four every for four out of five nights, <laughs> miss three go. But this going year that first. doesn't happen. No, this year doesn't happen. I mean, even when he has a bad night, he still puts up ten points because he finds a way to score elsewhere. Right, like he just. I, it's, I don't know if it's it's the coaching, if it's just, like, whatever it is. They're, they've been basically telling me, if you can't hit your three tonight, whatever, going right, just go to the rim and get a foul and make those – just get easy points. Because, like, I feel like I looked at his stat line and i like, oh, he had 10 points probably an okay night. But he went, like, 2 of 11 one night. But, like, you wouldn't feel right. that from the way he plays because he just – he just keeps – I don't know. He just – it feels like he's just much more consistently able to put up 10 points a night than he was last year, at least, where he just, like – it was one game of 15 and then one of two. And it's just much more level this year.
1: Yeah. Yeah, is there any other player you want to highlight from this road trip? You know, Warren was insane in Golden State. Yeah, I mean, I think
0: that's worth talking about. It. He has, he,
1: he's had so many of these – he's had so many games. He's the only guy with multiple over 30-point games. He's had so many weeks where we're like, well, I guess we have to talk about TJ Warren again.
0: <laughs> he's he's – to me, he's – I'm out like, stuff
1: to say, though. We've done this exact segment so many times. We're just like, oh, it's so nice to have this multi-level scorer who always is shooting a good percent. It's like, well, there it goes again.
0: Yeah, to me, he basically is the exact same player he was in Phoenix, but for a team that's now winning. I mean, he yeah, bet a little a little better team, defense. Dude,
1: they're putting him. They just. I know Brogdon was out, but I, they I they looked at were, the, they yeah. looked at the whole roster today and said, you know what, TJ Warren, you go guard Dame, and uh, maybe against the fifty point Damian Lillard, it's not the greatest game to highlight, but he was on D'Angelo Russell last game. Like they are picking him as the guy to like go guard the stars are probably so, like that is crazy. So
0: I, I think in this, in the NBA, we forget how hard it is and how valuable it is to have just a six, eight dude who can, who's a really good player. Yeah. I, you know, I, he's probably not even the top 50 in the league, but it's hard to find six, like these good small forge, right? It's hard. I mean, you know, there's the best five and there's like, just a drop off. I think if we did the list, you could just, I mean, like after Butler or George, you just find this like gap basically from the next, the next best small forward in the league. And like, you know what the pieces were throwing out with bowie on there last year maybe you could say on defensive end you were playing a little fad young at one point and big go back to that like cj miles before then like it's just like it's like it's just so good to have a guy who they seem to figure out who can just be like he's not the best defender but can is a body that can do something and then on the offensive end is toe-to-toe with some of the best offensive players at times you know yeah and can just destroy the bad teams i mean Every night, you don't have to worry about it. They play a bad team. They're going to win the game because Warren will have 25. He'll just do it. I mean, right. the Suns on, on Wednesday night, I mean, he, he. it's why they're 30 and 17 because they beat every team they should mainly except for maybe the Hawks at one time. Ugh. And there's another the game. the Cavs early yeah, in the year. Yeah. early in the year. But, I mean. So, uh,
1: before, I, before I say more Warren things, an update from uh, our lovely friend, Mark Monty. Uh, yeah. After McDermott's game tonight, he passed J.J. Redick by a one-hundredth of a percent. Oh, nice. Good for so he's him. He's in second. In and
0: George Hill is not taking very many attempts. He's about no. like 60, probably now 70 attempts lower than McDermott.
1: So Doug's got, Doug's got quite the case. Uh, Yeah, I've said this before with Warren, but it just, it's so settling to me. Like, I can't believe I just use the opposite of unsettling like that. It's so settling to me that, especially on a team with McMillan who, like, encourages shots, like if you're open, take it, that he's the kind of guy that his mid-range is as efficient as most guys' threes, right? Like, You're totally okay with him taking whatever shot. You know, an off-the-dribble one-legged baseline floater, go ahead. You're going to hit 50% or more. Yeah, he's a 51.3% shooter from 10 to 16 feet. Yeah, go ahead. Take it. I don't care. Like, he's he's the only player – well, I guess a lamb a little bit. But, like, he's the only player on the team I'm like, go ahead. Great. Uh, Put it up.
0: Something crazy, he's 74% from zero to three feet. I mean, he's that's insane a, at the rim. He's just, he's just
1: good, man. He's
0: just so good. Also, awesome bonus his best day. He's not even 74%. No, not career. even close. And like, like I think about Warren too. Like you watch him go around the rim. One, I bet of that 74% if he missed one of those, and then he got the rebound and put it back in. Yeah. I mean, that's, I wonder what he actually is like, you know, when he, when he tries to get a ball at the rim, what is actually like scoring or points per time, He you know.
1: You know what's there. crazier about that 74.1%? That's not even his career best. I mean, it's, I,
0: you know, it, it feels weird, too, especially, especially in a league where, like, you really value either zero to, you know, three-foot shots or threes that you somehow, because Warren is maybe not this, like, high-volume off-the-point shooter, but he's a high-volume zero-to-three-foot shooter that, like, they over, somehow undervalued that in a way. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, like, he's kind of – I mean, and maybe teams did value him and they just didn't know they really get him for free and the Patriots were just the ones that called and said, hey, can we get him by chance? And they were just – that's what happened. But, I mean, it just seems insane. This guy went for nothing. And I get it, it really didn't go for nothing because they wanted the cap space that became valuable to get other guys, and I get that. So, really, it's a Rubio for Warren trade, ultimately. But still, I mean, this guy is having – I mean, he's having a career year, and when you put him with a good team, it's what you thought could happen, right? Is he just yep. becomes a competent, really good player that can win games all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, he's – it's ridiculous. He's just – he's just been so good.
1: All right, I don't, know, I don't have any other player I want to uh... –
0: yeah. I don't, don't
1: know if really, I have any – like, everybody was – you know, Lamb was struggling after the Denver game. That was, you know, after that 0-7 in Denver. But he, he had a nice week, you know. Didn't have any – I think he shot over 50% every game.
0: Yeah, we don't – I don't necessarily talk about him that much. But I do think McConnell stepped in nicely. for. He did. He, in, yeah, in, okay. You know. uh, Lamb, not good in Phoenix, great everywhere else. Um, yeah, McConnell did a great job with Brogdon out. Yeah, I mean, he did the best he could. You know, I think he had eight assists tonight – or on Sunday night he had, uh, what, eight – No against.
1: turnovers. Eight assists, no turnovers against Portland.
0: Yeah, and then he had what, eleven Levitt
1: assists to one against Phoenix. Like, yeah,
0: you're good. Yeah, I mean he just Yeah, he's making I mean, well I don't know if we'll do this this we'll probably do this later than this week in the week when we do some more shows, but at some point he's making a real case that he should be like the, the backup point guard. And I think yeah. he might have won it. I don't know how they're gonna figure out this rotation, to be honest. But luckily, you know, Brogdon's hurt right now and we don't know he's gonna return, so not luckily, but like every every time you look up a guard in the is hurt somehow, some way. Yeah. Um I guess do we have any updates on Brogdon real fast before we do a quick break? It's a concussion. Um, yeah, I saw the stu- I saw you had a couple stitches above his eye. Well, what that. I was going to say is the
1: concussion protocol is kind of hard to read for, for us as outsiders because it's not like the NFL where they have like steps that are time constraints. They just have yeah. to do the steps. So it can be two, like Kelly Oubre, who the Pacers just played, only missed two games. But like Miles Turner had his a couple years ago, he missed like two weeks. And Al Horford had one that made him miss three weeks. So you just kind of never know. But I will say, it seems like um, that the fact that he's going through these shoot arounds and looks coherent and with it, like, I'm not a doctor, of course, but it seems like he could go uh, at
0: some point this week. Especially yeah, I, I think he, he did, when they did the Kobe tribute for the game, he did speak up for the team. So I wonder, I mean, I don't know if that means anything, but.
1: Well, that, I think shoot the big one to me. That yeah. he just You know, if he can, if he can be, like, I know it's a giant difference between playing in a loud game, but like, being able to move and do motions that don't just completely yeah. throw you off and like your depth perception isn't totally screwed, like that's good.
0: Yep. And by the next time they play, it'll be it'll have been a week and it will be the return of Victor Depot. So maybe. And that Chicago game is the lowest pressure game for every other player on the roster. So, <laughs> true. Um, we'll take <laughs> one quick break and then we're gonna talk a ton about Vic and do some midseason awards. All right, Tony. I teased it in our first segment, but I got one kind of big question for you about Vic's return. You ready? Oh boy, what is it? All right. Do you think this Pacer team is the second best team in the East when Dick returns?
1: Wow. That is a big question.
0: Um, okay, hold, on, hold on, hold on. If not two, then what, where do you rank them? And you can tie with other teams. That's fair. If you think they're in a group, but whatever. But do you think the second best team? I want to see it before I
1: call it, which is not what you're asking me to do. Um, they're I right in that tier. I, you know? I know they're right in that tier, right? Like, Like, Toronto's really good, Siakam playing, and we've seen Miami destroy this Pacers – well, destroy once and barely beat once this Pacers team. And the Celtics are really good when they're healthy. And the Sixers have fought through every injury under the sun this year, but they're really good when they're healthy. So, like, all those teams are really good, but the Pacers have played those teams well and been as good as them both in the standings and matched up head-to-head. Like, does Vic push them higher? Absolutely. Does he push them – Above those, does a recovering Victor Lodipo push them immediately way above those teams? I don't know. It's uh, it's very close.
0: Yeah, so here's the thing I, I will say. And this, it applies to all the teams that are in that kind of top six tier. But this team finally has the playoff experience where that won't be an issue, right? I mean, they played two years in the playoff. Yeah. The yeah. seven, well, really, it's been four straight years, but two years of this iteration of a team. They got brought who's been in multiple big playoff games back-to-back years now. So, that, you know, I think a concern of mine in the past has been, well, they're fresh, they're young, you know, this is the team that's not going to step in a big moment, but it feels like if it's going to be a time when they find something it's going to be the third year of having made the playoffs, stuff like that. So that's the first thing where I think kind of puts them on the same tier. Even though Toronto and Boston have been in conference finals, I understand but at least they've, they just have played playoff games they played big games, especially a couple years ago so like, there's nothing but the moment maybe is not going to be too big for them at the time. Um, The other thing I will say is that this team with Vic matches up I think against most of these teams pretty well and has kind of like the counter most of these teams, right? So we go to the Celtics, right? Well they have the center the Celtics don't have. And that's the counter that can help them. And they have the guards to kind of match up to the forward strength of them of the of the Celtics, right? I think that's fair to say. Yeah. The the big man's where they just dominate that matchup. Right. And and so and then Philly, right? They lose the big man matchup, but like from what I from, I remember in the past, they have the speed and when you put Vic and you put That's out Ben you, yeah, and you put in beating that pick and roll with Vic and it's just like it just it kills him every time, it feels like. Um and then with the <laughs> Vic's got that same burst. Yeah, with the Heat, then you've got one more more star than the Heat. Or right? the Heat really have I would say Bam and Butler. And Butler's kind of been iffy this year, to be honest, in terms of like top level star. He's been great, you know, getting the line, but he's not has these great not great stat lines and Bam's kind of a becoming star. But they have Let's call it two and a half stars, where everyone puts a bonus, right? And maybe we don't, you know, on that level. I'm kind of broad on that one. And then with Toronto, it's that's the question, but that's the one where I see the least matchup advantage. But again, they I feel like they match up well because they have a good center and they have good guards, and that kind of works. I don't know. It just seems like this team's going to match up well. Which a lot of these teams can go. Right. To they, don't, they don't have
1: the big holes like last year, where Darren Collison it just gets you smoked by whoever.
0: No, and the, the, and the starting lineup too. The biggest the biggest hole is either whether it's Miles Turner scoring, right? And I think I can trust him to make. Hopefully, 40% from three in a series, or TJ Warren. Not even uh, one of three is fine in the slowed yeah. down playoffs. Yeah. And and, and then it's, it's TJ Warren. Is he going to be like too ball hoggy? But I don't, I haven't seen that this year from him. I think, you know, if right. he sees Vic rolling, he's just going to kind of clean, clean up Vic's messes, basically, is what I see him doing. You know, Vic misses the layup occasionally. He'll come in, pick up the rebound, and put it back in. It just, and then the bench unit, I mean, you would, they don't, I mean, just this team is much more complete than they've been in the past. And that's, and I'm not sure you say about the other East teams, right? Of the other teams, each have a little flaw. Like, does the Simmons and the Beat thing work together? Does the Celtics don't have a center. The Heat, I don't know the Heat's flaws. I guess they're they're pretty good up and down. <laughs> I'm mean, the one team, but they-
1: I, yeah, that's that's the thing. the 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 Sixers have a bad bench, but like the Celtics, I know their centers are bad, but the Celtics, Raptors, and Heat are all just like they have a bunch of solid dudes, man, and they just keep beating teams because of that. Like that's why they were able to survive their own injuries. So yeah, it's going to, I, I want to say that, you know, we've seen them, the pages be as high as fourth this year. And obviously Vic elevates them. It's just, I don't know, a version of him is they're going to get to know for
0: sure how much I think he'll help them go up. Is it weird that I I think by the end of February, we'll see like a pretty high level Vic, like I wouldn't be surprised. You know, to to me, I guess it's a weird way to compare it. But, like, remember when Kyrie tore his ACL a couple years ago and missed about it, almost all the year then came back and had that great playoff run with the Cavs? Yeah. I mean, that's what I almost think could happen. I mean, I, I don't know whether – I mean, because he's a little older than Kyrie is obviously and that happened, but I just wonder if – Well, he tore – didn't he get hurt in college? Well, Kyrie had hurt a couple of times in his career. But I'm talking yeah. about the year he tore his ACL. He tore his ACL he, ACL. he tore maybe one of the ligaments in the first year that the Cavs were together. And then he came back the next year, missed all the way till like February, came back, and then he hit that big three in the playoff game against the Warriors. That was that year.
1: Oh, yeah. He got hurt that year, really?
0: You got hurt the year before. The, in the oh, playoff. okay. Okay. Remember, You're he, right. Yeah, he 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 hurt heard I mean, the first game of the NBA Finals in 20, let's say 15, and then he came back in 16. Whatever. Yes. That That's what I mean. It, it just feels like. I don't know. I just feel like I remember now. I think you. I remember now. I, I I just don't I don't know. I don't feel like this is gonna be a limiting factor for him, but maybe I'm being Yeah,
1: confused. we'll see. I don't know. It's hard to I, I just don't know, right? Like Tony like I've said before, we don't have a good litmus test. Like Tony Parker was too old and for over, Man, the thunder, what's going on with Andre Roberson? Like he's kind of a guy we thought we could compare and he still isn't back. It's been over two years. So yeah, we don't I really th- have a
0: good litmus test for I Victor. think part of it too is I mean, I, I guess maybe nowadays I'm too optimistic, but like I feel like with the way we have technology and the way we just are medical um, procedure work is that like almost any come from any injury, especially after Paul was snapped his leg. Right. And what he did, like pretty much, we can fix everything now. <laughs> so my kind of thought, right? I and mean, that's what it feels like. We're at a point where, have enough money and enough will, we can basically solve any injury. Yeah. I mean, forgot uh, you th- want to do I, some
1: mid-season awards. I,
0: yeah, the one thing I would say, forgot say Michael Porter Jr. might have jelly donuts in his spine. He might still end up having a ten-year injury. <laughs> um, yeah, let's let's yeah. let's do some mid-season awards. Uh, what do you want to start though with this?
1: Do we want to not get out like
0: every NBA award? So, do, so we didn't really discuss, discuss this very well. Do we want to do just Pacer related, or do we want to do like? We did not plan this very well. No, we did not play this very well at all. Um, I think we should say who we think the NBA is currently, in our opinion, and then we'll say who the you know the, the pacers, pacers person is. Okay. Yeah, Mr. the right way. Like that. All right, NBA MVP, easy for me. I hope it's
1: easy for you as well. Yes, Giannis into the. Yes, Giannis onto the Obviously, Bucks are ridiculous. He's ridiculous. You don't He's want better to be than last hard. year somehow? Like that's crazy. You don't want to pick James Harden. Are you sure? Well, as much as I like Harden and think he's really good, one, it's just not. I don't know. It's just Giannis is better. Giannis was better last year, and Giannis is better than he was last year. Two, Harden just got hurt uh, and might miss some time. He's out yeah. for like, like even missing twelve games for Harden, even if he's insane, like that's it. He can't win. You know?
0: Yeah. What, so. let's just just do Harden this doesn't matter. The Harden stat line is thirty six, seven, and six, and Giannis <laughs> is Giannis is is thirty. Thirteen and six. So in total combined, it's probably pretty close. Uh Giannis actually playing like a ton less minutes than Harden. I think Harden's Yeah, like they just destroy hard. everybody. Harden's at thirty-seven a game. Giannis is at thirty. Here's 30. another thing: if the Bucks win seventy games, they get he gets it. It's over, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think right in, in LA, you would say that LeBron and AD cancel each other out. So yeah, yeah. So. uh Pacers MVP. You know, it's a oh. bonus, right?
1: Yeah, I, I, but I, if Brogdon had played. So what if a Brogdon had missed what does he miss now? 14. If he had missed six, I think that this would be a very interesting discussion.
0: Yeah, I guess here's the question too right now it's probably Sabonis, but right could it be Brogdon by the end of the year? Bryden's coming back from this concussion and plays the next
1: at the end of November. Game? I would have
0: said Brogdon easily, right? If Bryden's December, you know, it's, it's all injuries keeping him out of it. has played 33 games of the Pacers, what 47 now. Yes. If he plays the last, let's say 30, the last 32, it's a 63. Is that enough if he has the let's say he has a Slightly better stat line because he gets more assists. Let's say 17, 9, and 4, but his shooting splits are up to, like, 47 and 38 because he's playing with better players all of a sudden. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, he's got a shot. He definitely – like, his his defense has been ridiculous. His clutch play has been ridiculous, right? That was a big factor in Russ winning his MVP. Yeah. He's, he he really does have a good
0: case, Uh, but, it, yeah, it's a bonus. Availability matters a lot. Yeah, so. the other one I will say, and I, I think Warren gets closest because of the games played, not missing any right. game. In the all ball. 47? But I think Sabonis. You look at he's playing 34 minutes game versus Warren's playing 32. And you do the total minutes, he's actually not that far behind Warren. He's about 13 minutes behind. So I think that's where. Wow. Right. If Sabonis had missed and played more like 1400 minutes and Warren had played more like 1500 minutes, I might be like, well, Warren has just been the consistent player. He's putting up stat lines still. He might kind of be the guy. But I think yeah, one for sure. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. All right. Uh, what do you want to do next? Let's do sixth man of the year since you love this.
1: Sixth game. man. Oh, this one's actually kind of hard. And maybe not.
0: Um, so, NBA-wise, I don't really know. I'm picking Lou Williams. NBA sixth man of the year. I assume Lou Williams had a good year. I don't really know. Well,
1: Devontae Graham had a great shot before the Hornets moved him to the starting lineup. Yeah, yeah how does that –
0: work? Is, is, is there a qualification that can't start more than how many games? I don't
1: know. I, don't uh, know. I think it's under half. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure. That's actually pretty hard. I mean, uh, you could go with Montrez again, too. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, he's he's the seventh man, right? No. Well, he's been. Well, wouldn't know. Derek Rose be the one right now? Derek Rose is a great pick. All right.
1: I, man, I, I don't know any. I don't really know any six man candidates. Dennis Schroeder is a good one. Uh, I know
0: he's been absolutely killing I feel it like it had game. to be Rose. Rose has only started seven games. He's averaging 18 and six a game or 19, almost 19 and six. Look at
1: Schroeder's stats. I think Rose is the answer. He's had something like. 13 20 point games in a row, but Schroeder definitely should be in the running here. I think.
0: Okay. I mean, I think it's one of those two. And yeah. I mean the thing is does Rose and him starting enough games. I don't really know what happens. Yeah, Reggie Jackson's back, so probably not. Rose has better stats than Schroeder though.
1: Yeah, he's been good. He's been good. Yeah. Rose did. Um for the Pacers is a lot
0: harder. Yeah. Who would who who okay? Let's 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 do this first. Um, I think the top two, in my opinion, right now, are McConnell and McDermott, right?
1: Yeah, McDermott was for sure in my top two. Uh I was decide. I was thinking about a bunch of other I was actually honestly thinking about everybody. Uh yeah, I think mine are those two guys as well. I don't want to rule out like Justin is really close for me. Um mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I might actually put Holiday in there uh over McDermott. So my only thing about Justin
0: Holiday is I don't know if he has um the like no-
1: Holiday gets like plays closes some games with the starters and
0: yeah, but so is McDermott lately too. Yeah, man, that's this is so hard. To me, it's McDermott. I mean, I think this week solidified to fight it, but man, they do is – Wow, I think mine's O'Connell. Okay, funny.
1: no, that, that... any point guard play is just so important to me, and be able to have that, uh, you know no matter what. Basically, you know
0: To have three guys on your bench shooting forty-one percent or higher from three. That's insane. Yeah, man, their bench shooting's been ridiculous. Yes.
1: Hey, you know who's setting them up with some great passes?
0: A bonus. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say McConnell, but oh, yes. Oh, that's a bonus, too. I would say some bonus. Yes, you are also right about that. That's funny. At least once it's not passing
1: ball, he said he was some perfect screen assists. Yeah,
0: right, right.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I, I just go with McConnell, just the way he elevates that. You know, not that Aaron Holiday hasn't played well at point guard, but, I mean, we know what their their differences in skills are. So, yeah, I, But, I, I mean, you could – I don't think that Aaron has a case, but the other three bench guys, like, you could tell me. It, I'd be like, yeah, totally. I, I think
0: that's that. That's fair. Um. All right, most improved player. Wow.
1: Whew. Okay, Devontae Graham, I returned to him now, uh, is my real NBA pick. He's
0: been awesome. So can Luca oh. win it, you think? No. You don't Second think he player player. uh
1: another one, Brandon ingram has been really good this year.
0: You don't think Luca can win most improved player? I mean he did go up from like twenty points a game to twenty eight points a game, didn't he? Yeah, Luca's insane, but he should have
1: been in, He was insane last year and just didn't play as much.
0: Okay, I mean, that's fair. I mean, I I think if we're looking at stat, that's that's a pretty improved
1: Ingram's been nuts. Ingram's going to be an all-star after being not super awesome for the Lakers last year. And then Graham went from like a 3.4 points a game player to very good starter. So,
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it is Ingram if I had to pick one. Yeah,
1: Ingram might be above
0: Graham. You might have a good good case there. I mean, he's having – Ingram's having like – He's insanely good. I mean, I'm maybe an MVP type year, but like he making discussion to be like a top 10 MVP candidate.
1: He's been good enough that like Ingram Zion is like that. You're done. You did the whole core already. Good job, Pelicans. It took you 20-something games. You did it.
0: Yeah, if Zion can stay healthy, that's a big, big thing. Yeah. But again, I don't, I, think, I don't know why he wouldn't. No, I mean, the way the scientists today, they can basically fix any injury possible. <laughs> I mean, they rebuild. Uh,
1: most improvement on the Pacers is hard too, though. Um, I
0: don't think it's as hard as you think it is. Is it Brogdon to you? I
1: think so. I think so, too. Just showing new – like, not that Zabonis is, is not improved and Justin Holliday is not improved. Uh, we can, Warren with the defense is very clearly improved. Like, you could argue a lot of guys. Yeah, I think Brogdon is my answer, though. Just because he's showing not refined skills, but, like, new, improved. Like, I'm playing totally different and still amazing skills.
0: Yeah, I mean, he basically took his stout from last year, added two points out of – four assists and on yeah. top of that has become a clutch player and um kind of the like leader of this team at this point
1: yes yeah he yes.
0: so. i mean there's a reason he got traded or whatever it was they didn't they didn't resign him and mock they didn't think he could do this and he proved him wrong for sure right uh coach of the year uh I, we're, we're getting get- cute for the pacers obviously
1: it's mcmillan if we're doing head coach if we're including assistance Dan Burke has a great shout yeah
0: I picked Dan there who's just for the NBA though I'm interested here. In the what NBA you. yeah um
1: Nick Nurse keeping the Raptors amazing well I have to, after losing Kawhi is a great one uh McMillan honestly is probably in this discussion so um, I've I've got
0: two f- former Pacer coaches as, as kind of Carlisle's got to be one of them right and I, I know Vogel probably won't win it but I think it's worth discussing how Vogel kind of they not the guy necessarily wanted he stepped into this team I guess super talented but like to navigate, like, remember LeBron f- got David lap fire within this many games when he, you right. know, like, just to navigate <laughs> that and make and really make it work. I mean, the kind of players they have in that roster, I think they're certainly better players than they were last year, but like, <laughs> Dwight Howard has killed every team known to mankind. He's not killing this team for once. I mean, Vogel we'll deserves some credit for what's going on there. Right. Maybe not a lot. Maybe certainly the players are more, but I don't know. But I think, I think Carlisle has got to be in the running for sure, right? He
1: does. Yeah, the maps are really good.
0: I mean, th- I think the problem here is there's just like, it feels like right now they're, all the good coaches have good players for what's ever for pop, basically, right? There is a lot of good coach of the year candidates this well, year. That's why I, I like,
1: yeah. that's why I like Nurse so much. Well, like
0: I think Doc's a really good coach this year. Yep. I mean, But, like, you know, he's always been a good coach, a terrible GM, but really good coach. Um, Here's a
1: sneaky one for you. Uh, Taylor Jenkins. The Grizzlies are
0: good. Yeah, no, that's – that's. I mean, to be where they're at, yeah, as a eight seed. I mean, you could even make the case for Billy Donovan, to be honest. In fact, that team was 28-19, guys, who would have thought that? Let's let's pick an easy
1: one out here. Rookie of the year for the Pacers, Adam, uh, Goga or Brian Bowen? <laughs> <laughs> Brian Bowen. We love Brian Bowen here. Uh, it's Goga. That was easy. And in the NBA, it's also very easy.
0: Yeah, it's Joe right now.
1: No offense to anyone else, but, uh, yeah, it's Morant.
0: Although, if Zion plays the next 35 games, the well, way he's played the first two, I don't know, I'd a real case.
1: Yeah, I think if I if Morant's like, uh, like Giannis to me, like, like if Morant stays above 70 games, it's his. It's, uh,
0: yeah. But Zion, man, I mean – He's insane. The guy isn't really in shape yet because he had his knee – he wasn't hurt, so he hasn't really gotten in shape yet. But and he's still put up like 22 and 8 or 10 a game. I mean, like, yeah, he had 22 and 10 tonight. He's just awesome. Defensive player of the year, our last one. I'm going to defer to you in this one. I don't – I mean – For the NBA or for the Pacers? No, for the NBA. I don't – I mean, I'm trying to oh, think. Oh, Rudy, done, easy. Right, you think it's Rudy? Yeah. Who is? Who else will even be in the – Same guys that you usually talk about. Giannis, amazing, defensive perimeter, like – that's Why doesn't he play enough games anymore to qualify for anything, right? Who? Why doesn't he play enough games to qualify right. for Right.
1: He's not trying as much on D this year, too. Um, ben Simmons, insanely good defender this Bam. year. He'll, hey Bam. Bam. Uh, Bam also in here. Anthony Davis also in here. You know, a lot okay. of the usual suspects. But Rudy's just ridiculous. Like, it, it's insane. Yeah, that's fair. For the we all saw, like, Brogdon beat him on a drive, and Rudy just took this one-step drop recovery and just
0: swatted his shit off the backboard. I was like,
1: damn. <laughs> damn.
0: Um, for for the Pacers, this might be a tougher one.
1: Yeah, I thought it was. You know, intuitively, I just gravitate to Miles for most defensive things. Uh, I want to give shouts to other guys, of course. I'm I'm picking Miles Wordsworth. Um, Would you I, think about Justin at all? I did. I was gonna, he was in my shouts category. Okay, uh, uh, he's in out. my shouts category. Uh, he has done. You know, for a 180 pound guy, like he's surprisingly hard to back down, and he's clearly a great perimeter defender. He had that six steal game recently. Uh, and then Brogdon, of course. They put him on the best guy a lot of the time. He's really good. But as yeah. much as we pick, we've we picked on Miles this year, everybody uh, in Pacers world, like, Montrez bullies him and beat and Drummond, and all. this like the way – you know, I think we saw this against Portland just now, so obviously. Like, the, the Blazers just shredded them in the pick and roll the whole game because they had no one to cover on the weak side. They were too slow. Their drop coverage was out of whack. They're like, they just need Miles in those instances. And he just makes everything so much easier for everybody on D. And he, you know, I think it's him.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's the best defensive player by far.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, That
0: was fun. Yeah. Uh, do we have any other awards? Is it like, should we do like man of the year or like. Uh... Isn't that it? And then I, I I think it was NFL is the Walter Payton man of the year. Do we have any. Oh, yet? Brogdon done. Okay. Um, Good discussion. We think <laughs> of any other else. I don't know.
1: Uh, can I give Jeremy Lamb the unintentionally funny award? Yeah, that's fair. I think Jeremy Lamb is hilarious.
0: Uh, cutest kid award goes to Justin Holiday, probably. Yes, definitely. Uh, definitely.
1: We could do superlatives
0: at the end of the year. Yeah, <laughs> at the end of the year. Um, I guess one question, real fast. Do you think Warren or Sabonis finished with the most points at the end of the season? For the total points scored or per game. Well, the, let's go per game, I guess. Actually, wait. Yeah, Warren, if it's total. Yeah.
1: Per game scoring at the end of the year. Because I'm not going to count Vic because he didn't play enough games. So, so you know what I'm going to say is I think Vic Vic's return will hurt Warren scoring more than Sabonis, So I will pick Sabonis.
0: Okay. okay. And I'm not going to count Vic because Vic's only going to play 30-something games. I don't think that counts. Right. per game. Right. Um, All right.
1: Let's, speaking of Vic, uh, yeah, you let's do you want to preview it. the two teams he plays?
0: Yeah. So one quick break and then we'll do uh, it should be an easy week for the Pacers. So are you a longtime listener of the Locked On Pacers podcast? Um, Tony, I I, I know you're a longtime listener of the Locked On Podcast
1: Network. (laughs) I am a longtime listener of the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Pacers. And as I pleaded with you guys last week, and Adam did as well, and we want to do it together this time. uh, You know, ads are a thing in the show. We make money, uh, but we like local things better, including the Pacers. And we want local Indiana businesses to uh, reach passionate Pacers fans on this show.
0: Yeah, I think you know we we love doing this podcast. Uh, it, we would we're gonna keep doing this podcast for sure. But it, it certainly isn't a free endeavor. We can't keep doing this for free all the time. And we do enjoy the little bit of income we make make from it. And um, this podcast is a great way if you're trying to reach kind of a predominantly male audience, uh, well-educated, disposable income, just um, kind of all these locked-on podcasts are too. And because we've got a Colts podcast too, locked-on Colts, it's a great way to kind of get some synergy across all. The yeah, we've got you know a lot of lot of local Pacer Indiana-related podcasts time of year so you can you can do you know football their football year go right into basketball in the basketball time of year and so on and so on uh you text the word advertise advertiser to, to 33777 <laughs> or visit locked on pace locked on advertising uh you can let us know who you are and we'll get our team of advertising people to get right to you to help you achieve your success once again text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising now back to our podcast all right, Tony. So we got we got an easy week, two
1: games. Not, not very, very
0: easy. I'm
1: happy how easy it is to preview the week, and they've already played both of them.
0: Yeah, perfect. So they, they played the Bulls twice this year, beating them 108 95, and beating them to that 116 105. Uh, the Bulls are not a very good basketball team. They are, um, I was no. one of the worst five six teams in the league. Um, Adam, I don't know if you saw it. Uh, the Kings and Bulls
1: just played. Okay, and. Uh, the, the, the Bulls had the ball, and Thad Young set an off-ball screen on Corey Joseph, and the, and the Kings ended up switching. And so Zach Levine starts in isolation with about 11 seconds left on the shot clock right after that happens. So for about 10 seconds, uh, Corey Joseph and Thad Young are just hugging each other under the basket watching Zach
0: Levine iso. It was a nice <laughs> pacer moment. Um, we should mention marketing. Uh just got hurt on Friday. Yeah, yeah, the tough one. Oof. Um, Between Wendell
1: and him and Daniel Gafford, and Porter. Uh, the, the front court. Yeah. And Porter, the Bulls front court, which was already inexperienced, and not very good is just gone. Like Fad's going to play a ton of minutes.
0: Yes. Um, I think I was last game up real fast. Let's see what, how many minutes he put. He ended up playing 35 minutes last game.
1: Yep. They need all they can get from him. They're playing Cristiano Felicio a ton of minutes now. Like nice. he, he's not good at basketball. He's just not Luke Cornet plays a ton. So Levine is obviously the thing for them, right? Like we saw in the Sabonis list game that we saw in Chicago that, you know, obviously both defense was bad, but like Levine had 43, uh, Kobe White had 23 and has never shot that well. And then no one else could do anything. So especially with the limited front court, and we know as much as we love that here, his offense is not very good. Like the Bulls are just going to struggle to score.
0: Yeah, the Bulls ranked 27th in offensive rating and 9th in defense rating. But uh, frankly, we beat around the bush. Let's be real. Um, the real news <laughs> point of this game is that Victor Lodipo makes return three hundred and what? We're seventy going two days later, right? It's a week. Oh, we got uh, finally through. here. 370 days later, the uh, the Pacers' shining star returns. Well, it's.
1: I think we we didn't intentionally do this, but talking about the front court bang ups for the Bulls is is interesting because like who's gonna stop him at the rim? Nobody. Like, yeah. And so, Vic knows how to finish over Thaddy He did it in yeah. practice for years. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That's good. laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a very fun team to see him against like think, Levine, Levine is a terrible defender like do you think that'll
0: be nice to him when he goes dressed <laughs> he hurt, shoot right? him a
1: text before the game and say hey like don't
0: help this game this or no I, I mean just don't don't clock me at the rim because I'm coming back like, be <laughs> I'm not doing my career now. Come on dude um, yeah Levine
1: what well, I, I guess the Bulls are kind of intriguing because Levine is a horrible defender and Kobe White's a rookie he's a horrible defender. But, like, they have okay defensive guards between, like, Dunn and Sateranti and stuff. So I don't know how they're going to defend Vic. Like, are they going to act like he's the Vic of old? Or are they going to put their good defenders on Brogdon if he's back? I don't know what they're going to do. But none of them are so good that I think they're going to totally limit him. And I'm curious how the Pacers game plan to get Vic involved. This is. is going
0: to be very interesting. So, let's say Brian doesn't play. Do you think McConnell starts next to Vic?
1: Ooh. Uh, no, I think they'll opt for shooting, right? I think we saw that. Well, Turner's going to play probably, though. Yeah, did. I think Turner will if be back. If Turner plays, McConnell starts, because we just saw this against the Blazers, right? They they went with McConnell and then Jakar with Turner, oh, and they bro. just had no shooting, and it, did, it killed them.
0: Yeah, uh, it like so They went that with Aaron saying. Holiday in the second half, but yeah, if Turner's back, they can probably, I think they'll go McConnell. All or does do we, we see the point in Vic we've been dying for for two and a half Point Vic, yeah, that would be sick.
1: Oh, <laughs> um, man. Uh, but I, th- I think Brogdon and Turner will be back. I think. I don't know that. Getting so crazy many, when the injury report comes out and Vic's not on it. Yes. Yeah, so how many minutes do you think Vic plays? Twenty. Twenty to twenty-five.
0: Yeah. Do you think we see if the game's close, he gets kind of hot, like a Zion kind of case where they said to roll him out there? Some-
1: they even took Zion out after that, though. You know? Yeah,
0: but they kept trying to a little before that, but he just kept making right. threes. Like Man,
1: that. Oh my
0: gosh, that was so fun. That was uh, that was the best moment of the, of the
1: week. He so. he, I know we're off topic, but he is a riot. And uh, the Pelicans are in Indy February 8th. People uh, have to go on. Oh, you're going to – are you going to be like to go to the game? You have to go I'm going to try to go, and then I'm going to go to real New Orleans during the All-Star break, which will be cool. Oh, you are? I am, yes. Uh, anyway, Victor Oladipo's – yeah, I think 20 to 25 minutes, right? Lamb will probably still play his normal workload, and then we'll just see decreased minutes for um, McConnell or Aaron if Brogdon's healthy. But Yeah, I hope we're right in place we can finally see what the rotation's going to be like. Right, right. I agree. Um, that's what I think. But we'll see. Like, there's a chance – you know, I bet he gets a shorter stint early, just to to get his win under him. And then, if they're just killing him, you know, he won't play as much in the second half. But if it's a close game, I bet we'll see close to
0: 25. Yeah, as a fair said that's my X factor for the game? I think that's mine. Yeah. That's what? That's my X factor for the game. It's Vic, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you have anything else? Because
1: if well, if he fits in chemistry with right like it's over, they win. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, he gets a go. I think he gets kind of an easier start. Well, the boring thing about the Bulls especially with Mark in and out, is, like, the Butcher discussion is stupid. What are we doing? It's Levine. Like, who Who cares? Yeah. Like, no one – Kobe White was amazing, but, like, he's never shooting like that.
0: You know, he just isn't. He's shooting he's under butchers, 40% this season. It doesn't matter. He could score – he could score t- 30 a game and he team would still lose by 15.
1: <laughs> exactly. Levine is the only guy you worry about at all, and I feel bad that he's not going to be an all-star because the Bulls are garbage. But he just can't do it – he's just trying well, to do too much alone. Well, he,
0: they're also garbage because he is not, like – He's not a very inclusive player. Let's put it that. He's flawed, even though he's amazing. Yeah, I mean, he just it it seems like he would fit really well against like as like a third or fourth guy. Like I always said, like as the Warriors' fourth guy. That's what makes sense for him. But like in this role, if
1: he shoots, if he shoots his season average from deep against the the Pacers last time he's guys played and the Pacers won this game by double digits the he scores nine less points like the Pacers win by 20 if that happens that's how bad the Bulls were in that game yeah it's, is that he shot an absurdly good percentage to drop 43 and they still couldn't even keep it within 10.
0: Yeah I mean it's him that's it it's just him. we we say all this and they're probably gonna beat them now so <laughs>
1: I uh I kind of doubt it but we'll see
0: yeah I doubt you I think the Bulls are just terrible
1: uh Pacers win
0: handily your- by 15. So uh, enough where you might not even see Vic in the fourth quarter, right? Yes. I think that's it. Oh,
1: a- uh, another little fun, stupid tidbit thing. I think it's awesome that they're playing uh, the Bulls, who Vic has that banked-in game-winning three against, and yeah. the Knicks this week, who Vic had that game-winning – not yeah, game-winning. play but, the uh,
0: Nuggets with him. That's what they needed to. When he had that yeah,
1: the Nuggets or the Spurs. He yeah. had that dagger three against uh, the Knicks last year on Halloween, actually, when Thad saved it to him. So two teams he's had awesome clutch plays against.
0: I've, I think, though, for me, the moment I realized Vic was a, like an all-star was when he scored 47 in the Nuggets. 47, yeah. I was like, oh, this guy's like maybe one of the best 20 players in the league. Not just yeah, like good, but like really, really, really good. <laughs>
1: man and like to carry it over the next year like against the
0: Celtics oh, I'm so excited to watch him yeah so nice. i'm i'm pumped i'm i this has been. i mean i've liked to watch the Pacers so far but it's been boring compared to what we're about to see
1: <laughs> It's oh. not been boring
0: well it's it would, i just his close play just brings like another level of these games cuz it's just like he just pulls up and hits over dudes like it's not just like brogdon who hits some like brogdon's so emotionless when he wins games that it's like kind of not as fun i don't know how to put it you know what i mean like brogdon the like, dunked over a dude in the Sixers game and just walked the other end of the court. Yeah, like I mean, I, I love Brogdon. Don't get me wrong, but like Vic, like hits that shot and it does a little pump thing, and it, I don't know. It's just more, just more energy to it. If you feel me on that?
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, you want to talk some Knicks who also yeah, are terrible? Yeah,
0: this is good. <laughs> Actually,
1: I okay. You look at their okay. Their offensive rating is twenty eighth. <laughs> their defensive rating is twenty seven. That sucks. I understand that they're horrible. I wanted, I wanted to say a small thing. They. For 4-18 with Fizdale, that sucks. With Mike Miller, their interim, they're 8-16. That's not that's not so bad, right?
0: Is that a coach thing or is that just the fact that they just played probably an easier schedule? <laughs> I don't actually know what their okay. schedule can is. I, can, I, can, I, can I tell you their wins? Let me give you their eight wins for it. Golden okay. State. Bad. Sa- uh, Sacramento. Eh, Atlanta. Pretty bad. Brooklyn, but I believe it was the pre-Kyrie Brooklyn. Um, Washington. Washington. Bad. Portland, who page lost too, so. Miami. Hey Miami, there's you. You got one good win and, in there. And then Cleveland, Cleveland. So, I, <laughs> I, and their their previous wins were probably just as bad. They were Cleveland, Dallas. Good, I beat Dallas twice. That's right. And then they beat Chicago. So they have
1: like winning one third of your games is like basically the Pistons this year. Yeah. Like Pistons, Wizards, Hornets. That's what they do under Mike Miller. That's not. That's like they're still bad, but they're not. They're not. They're not the slouches uh, that they were under Fisdale.
0: Although the big thing for them right now is uh, RJ Barrett is out. Yes. That is not the slouches, but they're nothing to be scared of, especially at home. No, they're no, not.
1: No, yes, especially at home. That's another thing. And I always I always wonder, like, that game's February 1st, right? Like, will they still have Marcus Morris on their team? That's a
0: good – very good point.
1: <laughs> he's their best – he's been their best scorer this year. You know, who knows. Uh, but without RJ, and maybe he'll be back. Uh, They said he'd be reevaluated in a week, two days ago. So there's a chance he plays. That that might be the last game he misses, Uh, but without him, they they have a little less punch on the perimeter too. And he hasn't been awesome. He has actually missed quite a lot of shots this year, but he is a rookie. He looks okay in other moments and um, they just, they just don't have a ton of great creators for others. They have a lot of good self creators. And I think they actually have some quality young guys like Alfred Payton has been their setup guy and everyone else has not been awesome at it. So.
0: Yeah, my butcher is going to be Julius Randle. I think it's think really, I, I just think Julius Randle is bad. <laughs> I mean, think have a 20-point game. Oh,
1: uh, yeah. <laughs> what, what that I means. I mean,
0: 29.
1: you're right. Somebody they're just, sure. they're just so bizarre, right? Like, like Mitchell Robinson is good, but he's not your butcher. You're never going to pick Mitchell Robinson as your butcher, you know? Nope.
0: You're never going to do that. Maybe Marcus Morris, I guess.
1: So, but, but Mark Mook, I guess, if I thought Marcus Morris was going to like, be setting himself up with some nice moves for these shots, like, yeah, maybe, but a lot of them. Is, I don't know, he's like, gets set up a lot. Also, credit to Marcus Morris. Remember, we we're talking about the best three point shooters. Uh, he's one of the four guys above 45 percent. He's been money from deep this
0: year. Yeah, it feels kind of fake to me, but I don't know. <laughs> he's a good player. Marcus
1: Morris is a good player, clearly, the better Mori twin, but yeah. not, the the this. If we were haven't done it yet i haven't uh this is my bench game i don't know if you're going oh, god also. damn
0: it's crew, you man
1: <laughs> I, was gonna say, I don't know if you're also going to do that but especially without
0: rj it's just like oh it's i, I have a different reason than you. Search Fox.
1: oh they just have nothing going on with that second unit like they're all maybe going to be good players but they're all just young and inexperienced so i just there's nothing to worry about with the next
0: so i think this could be the first like lamb led bench game because I'm, I'm oh not,
1: shoot i didn't even think about right, that
0: brogdon's 50-50 to play, let's say, Wednesday. I, I think by Friday he probably will. Um, so it could wow. be – Wow, uh, this game is Saturday, is it not? Is it Saturday? Oh, you're right, it is Saturday. Saturday the first? So I think Brodin definitely will play. Yeah, I agree. So um, this will be the first time we see what that's like, and I don't I – mean, Oh,
1: man, no, we'll see it against the Bulls unless Brodin does played. But, man, I'm saying. that's a great I'm, point.
0: I'm, that's going to be awesome. I'm saying we'll probably for sure see it this time. Right, right. So uh, and I'm just excited to see what it is, but I think Lamb – He's been up and down. It's right. He's been also hurt a bunch. I just – every little thing gets him, and, you know, I don't know if it's just bad luck or whatnot. Cause he's always been healthy before this. Um, but I think where he has the ability to sort of be the focal point, we might see some more success out of him, right, where he gets to have the ball. Yeah, and, and when he's guarded by Wayne Ellington instead of a starter. Exactly. And I, I think, you know, to me, right, this year I've been kind of like, eh, he's fine. I mean, I'm just kind of waiting for him to go to the bench, basically. But I think on the bench he can be awesome. And um Really provide kind of another kind of level for that bench unit, especially you still have some bonus out there with those guys, and then you've got them running pick and rolls, and then you've got you know, McDermott in the corner, maybe you have to get one of the other hollies over there, and you just you just kinda of, I mean, I think
1: I'm we glad were, we made uh, it to, to Vic's return with Lamb not going to the bench because I got so sick. With you and everybody else, the discussion of like, oh, Lamb's ball stop and waist doesn't fit with this group. It's like, I don't care. I just,
0: but it's fine with the starter. We're done.
1: He'll be way better with the bench anyway. Who cares? I
0: mean, I think we both have the same thing. We're just kind of waiting to go to the bench. I don't need, you know, I didn't need. I'm fine. so glad
1: we made it through that phase of the season. That was
0: the yeah, worst. Yeah. I mean, he clearly is a really good player. He just felt like out of place, which is fine. He wasn't, not yeah, he, no that's fun. not what he signed yeah. up for to begin with, anyways. He knew what his role was when he signed up. And so yeah. it's fine.
1: I am really glad that, like, like, he's not going to care about that, you know? Like, I know the other big rotation shift, whatever it may be, like someone
0: could get a little mad that they lose a ton of minutes. But at least Lamb knows, like, yeah, right, Vic's better than me. Yeah, I don't think i care. Didn't he come off the bench in, in uh normal? He started
1: for a lot of the year in Charlotte and then got benched for – who was it? I can't even remember.
0: Uh, Dwayne Bacon. So, yes. Huh. And he didn't start very much the year before that. He started 18 games only. No. So He's really never been a starter in his career, actually, to be honest, no. all this year, so – yeah, I think he'll be fine. I think we're good. I think I think you know when he's your sixth man, they're you know, like, oh, that's when your team gets serious. Yes, uh,
1: I think they win both games this week, Adam.
0: I agree. I think they end up thirty-two and seventeen with um. Yeah. Well, it was later, but a really, really big week coming up after that. Four big, yes. games. Four a lot big
1: of home games. games coming up before the All Star break. But they could uh, put a nice dent in the lead on in front of them.
0: Yeah, they could knock. They play Toronto twice in two weeks, so that's going to yep. be huge. Where they're playing yeah. a team back to back again? If they're playing one like last week the same way, so. Yes, Weird scheduling bad scheduling, very weird. bad scheduling, just bad, scheduling. <laughs> very bad, <laughs> just bad NBA, just bad. Um, all right. Um, anything else, Tony? Before we head out?
1: No, I'm okay. Um, I think it's gonna be very fun to see Victor Depot play basketball again.
0: I agree with you. I know we went a little long on this podcast. I'm not even sure how long we went, but I felt, felt like we probably went at least an hour. So, uh, if you're still here, then sticking sticking with us as always. You can follow our podcast at Lockdown Pacers. You can follow Tony at T East NBA you can follow me at free madam five as always we bring you five podcasts a week it might be a special five this week so uh listen for that on our on our twitter feed you might tweet something out about it, who is doing what podcasts and what we're doing so uh it's always locked on, on as always we'll see you guys again tomorrow